I'd like to welcome you to the Dad Bod Pod. This is episode seven. We're back after a nice little bye week. Jamie, talk to me. How, how was that bye week? Bye week was great. I uh, was definitely beat up a little bit from a soccer game the previous week and was feeling sore, a little tired. Things are busy. It was good to, good to have the week off, came back refreshed. Things are busy, come back refreshed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I actually had two bye weeks, so uh, not a bad little, little vacay. Tonight we have a special guest, Drew Thatch. Love to welcome you to the pod. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Long-time listener, first-time guest. I'm excited to be here. Could you give us a, uh, uh, just, just give us a little quick intro. Okay, brief bio. Um, yeah, so my name's Drew. Um, born and raised here in Charlottesville, one of three locals in the Dad Bod League with Seth and uh, Stephen. And got a beautiful wife, Katie. We live out in Crozet. We've got two kids, Shepard and Gus. And um, I currently work at HealthSouth Rehab Hospital, and I'm starting school for becoming a physician's assistant in January. A huge, that's a huge process, huh? It's a big deal. Yeah, big change, doing a big career switch. So, yeah, but I'm excited about it. How long is that great. program? It'll be two years and a semester, basically. So a little over two years. Um, yeah, and so I guess news alert early. News alert? Yeah. Wow. I will, uh, I guess I'll have to see how grad school is going as to my participation level for next year. So Whoa. I definitely want to be at the Sunday night football games and uh, participating, but I don't know if I will be in the league or not. It'll probably depend on how school goes this semester as to whether or not I can justify. Might have to take it, a little short two-year sabbatical. <laughs> Yeah. Bringing in interim owner. Yeah, I might, <clears throat> might have to. Uh, we had some discussions earlier about a 14-person league, but um, might have fill-ins or I, I have a, uh, I think Will Schnorr will make a great uh, addition to the league. So I'm going to go ahead and cast my I, vote for I that if, at the top if of the needed. List. Yes. So we'll see. That's the uh, hot off the presses. Do you know where you'll be? Yeah, so I'm going to a school, uh, Mary Baldwin School is called Murphy Deming. It's uh, right across from Augusta Medical, so it's okay, well, over in Waynesboro. Wow. So we live in Crozet. Shoot, that's perfect. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. And, uh, yeah. How old are Gus and Shepard? They are six and about to be four. So, and, uh so the other thing, yeah, go ahead. Does who knows more football facts, you or Shepard? <laughs> Shepard last year became an avid Virginia basketball fan. Okay. Um, so he has been more focused on on basketball, I would say. But my wife actually mentioned the other day that her coworker has a four person family fantasy football league which sounded awesome. And it's him, his wife, and his two kids, and they play <laughs> fantasy football. 
And I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. And a four-person league, I'm guessing you're going to have a little bit easier time picking up quality people from yeah. the waiver wire than we do, typically. You're, you're going to have all-star teams going against each other every week. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a different challenge, but it'd be fun. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that sounds super fun, though. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I, I just want to jump in and mention that, you know, rumors of the pod discontinuing. Hugely exaggerated, and we're grateful to to Drew to to come today. It's uh, it's sweet to have him here. Um, it did cross my mind. I thought Robert might have killed the pod, <laughs> and Trey might have was, killed Robert. If Robert killed the pod, would Trey have killed Robert? True or false? It's a t- it's tough to say, but I do <laughs> think that Trey sends a text or a group me message. Three times a week saying, where is the pod? That's true. Like like it's in a geographic location. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> let me go find it. You know? Let's yeah. get a little, little what is right. it? Geo, yes. geo, uh, Geocaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's like, can we geocache this episode that Trey has to actually <laughs> physically is, find Trey it would before. drop everything, follow all the clues. <laughs> he would find the pod. This, oh. this needs to happen. Yeah, Do that we, is priceless. Can Zach make that happen? Shout out to our editor, Zach. Zach, you're the greatest. Geocache this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I want to start us off with a first, a quick segment. We've, we've been here before. It's called Matt Facts. And I just have a few small facts to share, followed by a question for Drew. It's interesting. In our league, uh, you know, I've been, I was just doing a little look at the churn. Um, and it's pretty interesting. So, you know, some people are making, making a lot of moves. Some people are not making that many moves. And another thing I've been looking at is how many people have people on the roster who they drafted. So, you know, how many original players that you drafted are still on your team? And it's pretty funny. So, so for instance, I have made 20 moves. So I've got a, you know, a pretty high churn rate. And I still have nine drafted players on my roster out of the original, is it 15? And, you know, whereas look at someone like Caleb. Caleb has has made 10 moves. He's got 11 players that he drafted. Um, what's what's fascinating is, is Drew has a churn of 22, so he's made 22 moves. That's the highest in the league. What's extra fascinating is that Drew has only five players that he drafted still on his on his roster wow. that was actually the lowest so low. you know those kind of correlate you know that kind of makes sense in some ways uh you know high churn you're less likely to have drafted players at the same time you got people like sean who have made 16 moves but still have 12 players that they drafted so you know he's just turning those same couple roster spots again and again and again but here's my first question for you drew yeah Mike Williams, you dropped him. Yeah, critical error. What was the thought process there? I was following the Matt advice of churning the bench, and there was a critical error. I think a huge mistake. Um, yeah, a couple mistakes. I think now is it's we're we're starting to look back, you know, and what we see is mistakes. Five of the original, you know, you're going to start with injuries. Leonard Fournette is injured. Jimmy Garoppolo is injured. Doyle injured. 
So there's starters that are injured right there. Um, you know, I get uh, Eifert to come in. He gets injured. I get my tight end this week injured. So like I mentioned before, I have lots and lots of excuses as to why this year has been terrible so far, and I have the least points of anyone. Um, but when you have the least points of anyone, you're uh, going to want to change things. you got to do something. you got to do something. And I'm trying hard. And that's why team name. I'm the team owner. Didn't go over that in the beginning of turning a corner. I feel like this year I have turned a corner. I've cared more than I have in the past. I did care last year trying not to do stand-up. Thank you, uh, Caleb. I look forward to the November stand-up immensely. Um, but... Uh, quick, I turned quick, a corner quick. and I put in what I would say is a lot more effort and I would say that I'm as bad or worse. And so I know correlation does not equal causation. That's the only thing I learned from econ in college. But as my effort level increases, it feels like my performance is decreasing. So if we could get um, Caleb to confirm that with his data analysis, my increased effort, has it led to my decreased performance? Can he prognosticate that? Yeah, and Zach said as much in the group me as well because Stephen on our last episode kind of unprompted called Zach out a little bit, just Mm. expecting better results for the amount of time, and Zach said, hey, this is an obsession. This is something that I enjoy probably a little too much. Time in does not equal greater output, and I think this also speaks to the parity of the league. We have seven teams at right. two and three right now. Right. Which, that's the other side, right? So maybe, it, maybe I could be actually worse than I am now if I hadn't been putting this time in. That would be the flip side of that argument. But yes, Zach's intense preparation and vast knowledge is reassuring to me as he it has not parlayed into the record for him. But he knows a lot more than I do. Yeah, well, you know, two and three... That's an interesting spot to be. You know, you're second with, to last. Yep. But the season's still with the young. other half of the league. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, someone else in two, uh, two and three is in fifth place. Right. Right. So I need one good week. That? I need one good week. This is the week we were talking about this earlier. This is the week. You know, everyone who's two and three, almost half the league, can go two different directions. They win this week, and their that's true trajectory is towards the playoffs. You go to two and four. It's not looking good. I mean, this is the make-or-break week, and right now, Odell Beckham Jr. is not helping me out. But, you know, this is it. That's live as we speak. Live as we speak, it's not looking great. But this Uh, is the week, and this is the chance I need an upset. I'm vastly uh, predicted to lose. Yeah, how do you feel about this matchup? Uh, You know, I think Robert went from, you know, everyone giving him flack to, wait a minute, He's got players on his team who are performing, and he's also in the two and three. He went from everyone, you know, the first rename to he's two and three. If he does wax me with a bunch of points this week, (laughs) he's three and three in the middle of the pack. So I think that's a huge turnaround from everyone giving him a bunch of flack to wait a minute. Right, right. He's way back in. So that that just goes to show this week is huge. This week is huge. No, I'm totally. But you haven't said how you actually feel about that. Feel about the fact that I am. Mm, feel about your hopes. Like, are you 
Do you, do you feel like it helpful to make the playoffs right now? Cautiously optimistic. No, I would say definitely not. I would you, say I'm shooting for, I would say my current fab budget demonstrates that I am shooting for that consolation buy. Where did you trying res- to do something? Where did you respond in the Treco confidence poll? Mm, okay, perfect question. I was thinking about that. I wished that am I bad or unlucky, which was I believe number four, was actually number one. So I thought that perfectly encapsulated where I am. Okay. Am I bad or am I unlucky? Because I've got the second most points scored against me and the least most points scored. So it's probably both. <laughs> so you like the wording, but the, I love number, the, wording the numeric four, scale. But I would move it down to two or one. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. where I am. On I'm my tracking current current thing, but pretty excited for fantasy football. Still loving it despite the fact that it. I mean, it's a different. Heart. It's a different feeling to have the pressure of not losing versus the joy of potentially winning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but they're both extremely fun. I also want to say huge props again. I think Steven said this on the last pod for choices. Basically, I would say a huge percentage of my icebreakers in terms of just conversations with people are, hey, I'm in this fantasy football league, and these are the three choices that we have for the loser. And they all, it's the ultimate would you rather, right? Would you rather do five minutes of stand-up, get a Brazilian wax job, or have a student driver cone on your car? It's college all over again, and it's hilarious. And it has literally been an icebreaker for me for, I don't know, I've told almost everybody how I come in contact with. So, yeah, kudos to the league for that. Can you give us a hint as to which you would choose? I mean, I'm hoping that Zach's meme of a bumper sticker that said student driver would be qualification because I would slap that bumper sticker on my car real quick. Drive around for a year. And yeah, be good to go. Now a cone is a little bit more and I have a sneaky feeling like our Roger Goodell slash commissioner would probably require the cone. But yeah. Yeah, the cone of shame. Yes. Yeah. So you you mentioned this, this a second ago, your fab budget. Yes. I've noticed that you tend to bid extremely low on players. Well, What's except your, for Andy Dalton, which was another critical error that I vastly regret. Um, how much did you spend on Andy? Was I weigh 50? 52 more than I should have. Yeah, I think it was 52 or 53. And that okay. next but highest bid on Andy Dalton learning, that week? That was my learning curve. I'm sorry? What was, the, what was the next highest bid on Andy Dalton that yeah, week? That would be zero. Mm, zero dollars. Yeah, that would be zero dollars. No there were zero dollars. No zero dollars were bid on that. Yeah. I mean, he's a ginger. <laughs> um... Yeah, that was my learning curve, um, and I feel like I am in a learning curve for fantasy. So, well, but I would have thought that. <clears throat> yeah, we've seen some players go by that. Might yeah, have been so Tyler Boyd. I think was rap. huge, and I That's and true. I, I bid and I bid on Alfred Morris. I think that you know I am moving down towards halfway through the budget, and I, I bid on Alfred Morris, and I bid on Smallwood, and I bid on. Um, you know, a bunch of running backs this week, right, and I just right. came up short on those. I didn't go high enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, in fact, yeah, I need running backs. I need running backs badly. Yeah. That's that's obvious if you look at my team. So, hmm. yep. Thus the trade for I mean, for for, Nat, but, for but, Adrian Peterson. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's that trade, right? I need a running how, back. How now. how badly do you need them? I mean, six people ahead of you. Yeah, and so I, it doesn't seem like you need them that bad. Right. 
I mean, I thought I could get them for a decent amount. I guess I didn't correctly calculate how badly other people also wanted running back. Well, let's talk about this. I love like, the fab budget. I love Jamie, it. I think it's great. Drew. I think it's been so much more fun. And, and I think all the credit goes to Zach on that. It's just totally. so much more fun. Totally. You, you do technically have a chance at everybody. It's way more complicated. It's way more, you know, cerebral or whatever. You got to value factor in what everyone else, you know, needs and wants. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, want to get into y'all's business too much, but how do you guys go about even making a guess as, as a bid? So before we get there, just point of clarification, the B in fab is budget, right? Yes. Are we saying fab budget budget? We are being redundant. Okay. I just thank you. I I just wanted to clarify that mm. that we don't have to say budget at the end. But um Yeah, I I think when you're thinking about the player that you want to get. Yeah. Wendell Smallwood went for like 130 or something like that. So if you think if you think this guy's a difference maker, we saw Jared Cook go for 150. If you really want this player, you're saying, you know, I'm going to spend 20% or more of my budget on one player. And that's that's your difference maker. Right. If you don't think this guy's going to be a difference maker, then I think you're bidding somewhere under that $100 margin and it's just a matter of how badly do you want him? I can I can give some insight for me. What I think it should be is <coughs> what is the maximum amount that I'm willing to be comfortable bidding on this person and getting it, right? You don't right. want to bid more. So right. that's what it should be. What is it for me? It's I want this person. I put in a bid and then I say, oh, crud, other people might want it. So then I up it. And then I do that about six or seven times until I get to an amount that is way higher. So for me, Andy Dalton, I started out with $13 and ended up with 53. Obviously I should have been incrementing down, not up. And what made you bag. think other people wanted Andy Dalton? It wasn't even other people. It was like, shoot, I need a quarterback. Shoot, I need a quarterback. Shoot, I need a quarterback. And I just kept upping the bid and then you spend too much money, so. Andy, but Tyler Boyd was a great pickup, I think. He totally. had a bad week last week, but um, you know, a good week before. I think he has the potential to be great. Um, so I feel good about that one. Um, yeah, a lot of things I feel bad about, but I love the, the, the fab implementation. I mean, Andy Dalton is QB12 this year. Yeah. So definitely deserves to be on the roster. Yeah. He's ahead of Matt Stafford. Trey starting QB. I think Trey said something about Matt Stafford this week. He's yeah. he's ahead of Cam Newton. He's that's starting surprising. QB. That's surprising. I didn't realize that. Russell Wilson, Seth. Not as surprising. Yeah. Real rough here. So Andy Dalton, not a bad pickup. It was just funny. The just, just paid way too much. Way yeah. too much. I'd like that $51 back. Well, this kind of all spawned out of a quick section of Matt facts going through uh, you know, the, the turn and burn and, and how many drafted players are still left on rosters. Um, just jump back to that draft. What's your biggest regret from draft night? Uh, I think Zach immediately jumped on me for Lamar Miller, and that is proving to be wise words. Um, I think some, maybe Jamie, somebody came to my defense on the fact that he performed well, went under Watson, which I had no idea because I'm not nearly as knowledgeable as many people in this league. But um, he was the best running back at the time, and our fantasy draft went running back heavy 
crazy. Totally crazy. Totally crazy. And I did, I mean, just my next level, turning the corner for me was doing the automated mock drafts of Fantasy Pros. Not the real mock drafts, but the automated ones, which was so fun. And in that, it was like, okay, let me get two running backs and feel good. Well, Trey Coe takes Dalvin Cook and uh, McCaffrey. Right. And I'm thinking, there's no... I mean, basically, there were by the time we got to me in the beginning of the second round, there were almost no real second tier running backs. You know, if your first right. tier is Le'Veon Bell, I mean, there, and, there wasn't, and Gurley, there wasn't. So I there went wasn't. with Odell Beckham Jr. and I don't think that was a bad pick at the time at all. But yeah, I think that that the mock thing was super fun and not particularly. But, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think running backs are the challenging position for me, and they seem challenging in general. Everybody's running by committee, right? Carrion uh, Johnson is clearly the best running back for the Lions, and he's still one of three running backs being used, and Patricia's still trying to pound it in there with Gary Blunt, which makes no sense to every owner of Carrion Johnson. But um, that's the way, that's the game we play. So there's a huge value on running backs with injuries and everyone running by committee you got to play at least two. It seems like you can get wide receivers that are decent. It seems hard to hard for me I mean, this year to get running backs. I mean, a perfect that's world, like I, your team's got to have three good running backs. Yeah, and that's just so hard to come by. Yeah, I mean, and if you get two, I feel like you're way better than I am. I mean, how many good running backs do you think you have, Jamie? One and a half. <laughs> yeah. So Zeke and who's the half? Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be patient. <laughs> oh, I'm being patient. I'm two and three. I can be yeah. okay, real patient. So, so here's the question I want to throw out here. The transition between perceived value, which was huge early podcast mm-hmm. thing, versus past performance, right? You have this transition from perceived value of what they're projected to do to what have they actually done this year. We feel... I would say, I would argue we're in that transition zone, right? We're in that time frame where now we're transitioning from what their potential is to what have they actually done. Where is that inflection point for you guys? And are we making that transition where you're, now you're looking at the past performance? So that transition from perceived value to past performance is that now, how do you guys see that? What are your thoughts? Geez, I think first I want you to define perceived value. <laughs> Well, we have so an you, hour and 20 minutes yeah. on that with Seth's <laughs> podcast, but yeah. So before the season, you don't have actual games right. in this season to make decisions off of. Right. So you're taking last season's performance, but people have changed teams. Coaches have changed. You've drafted new, younger players. Schemes change. Older players have put on a couple of... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's training camp, there's chatter, there's coaches talk. This guy's going – McCaffrey's going to get all these carries. Do you believe Rivera when he says that? Yeah. The Cowboys coaches said Tavon Austin was going to get 12 to 24 touches <laughs> a did. game. I did. And he is on the waiver wire. <laughs> if Tavon Austin is getting 24 touches a game – I did pick up he's Tavon going, for a short bit. He's going in the first round. For two days. I think that's about More right. or less than two days. Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. It might have been a week. Yeah. Okay. So that is perceived value. And, yeah. and now we have, you know, five weeks of actual games to base decisions. See, yeah. I mean, so are you, I, I think, you're transitioning, right? I mean, you're looking at that. 
Yes, but I think it's just more gray than that because there's still so much perceived value. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just because someone did something the first five weeks does not, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're totally going to do that. The next Past performance does not equal future gains. Um, I mean, it's a good piece of evidence. Like, <laughs> totally. You know, I'm using that when I think about any player I'm going to start. But there's just so many other factors. Yeah. So you're not there yet. You're not there to that point of just looking at their history. Well, what are you really driving at here? I mean, are you driving at like, are are we jumping back to the whole trade debacle? (laughs) No, no. I'm driving at like how you value players going forward. So like when someone, when Jared Cook has one good game, he goes for $150. Uh, You know, he has this massive jump in his value, right? But after 10 games, if someone has one big game, you don't value that the same, right? And so there's this transition, and it's a it's a gradual transition that you're making from perceived value to yearly performance, right? And the way that affects how you value players, I think, is interesting. And it's happening right now, where you're transitioning from how you were looking at it on draft day to now you're looking at their performance, and an individual performance has different value. That huge game in the first game is like, oh, crud, Jarrett Cook could be the real deal for the rest of the year. Whereas if he has six four-point games and then scores 22 points, he may not even get picked up off of the wave of wire. So it's just really interesting. That whole well, dynamic, again, back to the fab. Okay, let me, here's an example I think for is, you. is awesome. Here's an example that I think helps us start answering questions. So yeah. let's take a player that... Uh, Every single person in the league has been offered in trade. His name is Quincy. His name. His name is Quincy Anunma. Mentioned in the Matthew Berry article on the Vampire League, he has Quincy in his Vampire League. It's because he's a good player. Now, let me clarify. He's a good player that one person in our league wants. And that's me. Um, So the thing about Quincy is... You know, he's had maybe two great games. Right. And then a couple medium games and then a dud. Yeah. And the reason I'm hanging on to him is because the potential is there for him to become a great player down the stretch. And here's why I think that. He's the number one target in his offense. Um, In fact, that's something I look at with all players a lot, you know, more so than their points. You know, do they get 10 targets every targets. week? Yeah. That's awesome. Do they get eight targets every week? That's right. awesome. Right. That's um, so, you know, Quincy, uh, he didn't break his hand, but he, you know, he, he sprained his wrist or something and he couldn't catch a ball last week. He had five targets of stuff. It's mm. still the most on his team. He got zero balls, but he had five targets. Uh, Sam Darnold loves to throw it to him. And, you know, as Sam Darnold gets better with each and every single game, Quincy Nunwa is going to get better each and every single game. So I, I have hopes that there's a reason to keep him on, our, on my roster. You know, is that totally going to happen? I have no idea. But I see evidence that's not revealed, not just in points, that points to it, you know, that, that kind of reveals a, a possible good future. So has your opinion of him shifted because you tried to trade him a number of times? 
would you are you now at a point where you want, you're saying you would want to keep him going forward because and then the second so, question is do you really believe in Sam Darnold because I think the rest of our league probably doesn't and probably looks at the Jets as this year's Cleveland Browns and therefore wants no part of Quincy. I'm I'm not convinced. I don't think that there's reason to to trash the Jets that much. I think that. I mean, they're two and three. They're better than. I, I don't know. I mean, they lost to the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns aren't the Browns anymore. Kudos to them for. Yeah, that's true. Having I, I, two wins, but. I think in that in your comment, you said Sam Darnold's going to get better. You have to believe Sam Darnold's going to get better. I think I would say I don't know that Sam Darnold's going to get better. Well, hang on now. If he doesn't get better, it doesn't matter how many targets Quincy's getting. There are players. Not gonna there are players in this league that have terrible quarterbacks playing, but they still throw the ball. And they still get it once. Yes, Odell and Beckham I think Junior would be. I think a perfect that, example. I think that Quincy. Could become something, and I think that um, you know it's better to have someone who's a guarantee. Like would I would I rather have Quincy, who I think might score 15, 20 point, 15 points a game late in the season? Would I rather have you know Joe Blow, who regularly scores eleven or twelve? Give me Joe Blow right now, like totally. Quincy scored zero points last week. He hurt his hand. What are we talking about? Guarantees. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't say guarantee about anything. I said hope for later the season from Quincy. If somebody's willing me to trade me a, a guy who's always going to score ten or twelve points, I would take what, that. What if the rest of our league? What if we all just had Quincy as our name? What if it was Matt's the name of Matt's team and then eleven teams named Quincy? Quincy. <laughs> like would that? I could be convinced. I, I will change my team name to Quincy, that's for sure. So I don't think Travis is changing his team name until, no, until no. someone makes him right. change his team he name. He changed the name of the league, but he hasn't changed his name. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. He's probably not going to convince Travis. But. but if someone beats him by 50, we could make we the... We can change his name to Quincy, we, too, and we, then we would have 11 Quincy's and whatever Matt. <laughs> If you can't see Matt's face right now, I think he's a little bit miffed. So red. <laughs> it's fiery red. My goal on coming on the podcast, I, I mentioned this earlier, was to try and throw less than half of the league under the bus because I feel like this podcast has made people comfortable. I feel like this is, I, I would say Jamie is the Howard Stern of podcasts. And uh, people have been more than willing to throw people on the bus. So, yeah, that's one for me. So I, I need to keep it to less than five more. Yeah, that's at least one. I'll have to go back and listen to some of your discussion around Zach. We might be at two. Yeah, no, I, I have nothing but props for Zach. So We're going to briefly move on to matchups from this past week. Mm. Um, this is an exciting thing. Robert Cunningham whooped up on his... Um, former employee. Big time. Cody Fisher. <laughs> Cody now has a new name. Robert is still my boss. It's an awesome name. Um, Jamie, you got any other, reca- any other recaps? Some big news from last week. So we've gotten some news that the recaps are by far everyone's least favorite segment. 
on the pod. Totally lame. They suck. No one wants. No one wants to listen to this. So I think what we're gonna do is we're just gonna wrap all of the recaps into an exciting Monday night game. We had four of the five matchups, six matchups. We had four of the six come down to Monday night, and these four matchups were decided by I want to say less than twenty points. So I'll start with mine. I came into Monday night. All of my players had finished. I'm sitting at 105. Zach has Ben Watson, arguably the number one tight end for the New Orleans Saints, possibly the number two tight end for the New Orleans Saints. Apparently. He needed a little over nine points. His highest score of the season was 9.6. So history's on my side, but it's the Saints. It's Monday night. Drew Brees is setting records. Everybody's scoring touchdowns. (laughs) Including the backup quarterback. Including the backup quarterback, including the backup tight end. I win by five, but it's a nail-biter all the way to the end. And Drew was another Monday night matchup. It was a nail-biter. Trey scored a couple points with his defense to be up, I believe, two and some change. So all I needed was three points from Adrian Peterson. He almost gets injured on the first play of the game, almost hyperextends his knee. Gets a couple points, then gets a negative yard, so now I am again losing to him. It flip-flops. Then he, I believe he catches like a 15-yard pass. I'm up by a couple points, and then apparently he dislocates his shoulder. So, you know, by the skin of my teeth, the 10th worst score beats the 11th worst score (laughs) for a truly terrible week for both of us. Um, But I joined the ranks of the two and three in the... Hope springs eternal for my you, team. Good question about that. You had a a kicker on your team who was near and dear to me. Oh yes, Mason Mason he Crosby missed a couple. By a couple, you mean four and, and an extra an point. Extra point. So that's probably about so what, 15, 16 points right there. That's a lot of points. That's a so, lot of points. So J.K. Scott, the Packers punter, what a dude. Yeah, everyone knows who J.K. Scott is. <laughs> J.K. Scott, our listeners know. <laughs> J.K. Scott, he's, a, he's a rookie out of Alabama. Packers drafted him in the fifth fifth round. It's pretty round. pretty big deal when you yeah. draft a punter. Yeah, you guys should have got that guy from Seattle. Whatever, James. he's <laughs> filthy. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, in the post game interview, in the, in the post game interview, J.K. Scott comes out and says, "Mason Crosby, he's my brother, and he is the best kicker I've ever known." What do you think about that? I did drop him. Um, best I, kicker that J.K. Scott you, you dropped him I dropped Crosby have you picked him up yet I'm thinking about it yeah okay so I think did he, do you play on Sunday Monday night do you play Monday on Monday night. night so that's my worry is if you play on Monday night and Sunday they decide to fire Crosby I'm hosed couldn't happen so they're not going to fire they're Crosby. not going to they said they wouldn't but I'm not willing to take that risk so I switch to Trey's kicker I switch from Matt's kicker to Trey's kicker and I take, hopefully, some points. So, I loved Crosby. He was doing great until his terrible week. It's a you know a kicker on a team that scores points. That's what you want, right? That's the goal. Maybe throw in a, um, someone like, who plays in a dome. Like you want a kicker? You, you want a, someone who plays in the dome on a team that scores points if you're carrying Except doesn't kickers. score big points. It's like they get to the red zone and they get stopped. Yeah. I mean, you can overthink it that way, but generally you're just trying to pick a team that <laughs> scores points. I mean, you can't you can't orchestrate that, right? You can't have your team be the team that peters out in the red zone. Um, you take 
Skowski mean, because it, he's on the Patriots and they score a lot of points. I guess it's better for them to not get close. You want 50-yard field goals. Yeah, but One again, five points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want the Bears kickers. You know, it's not like that's true. Yeah. Um, so, and then I have to admit, I definitely thought I was done. I had very few hopes that my matchup with Caleb will end the way I wanted to. Mm. I kind of assumed. Did he that, have Breeze? Were so you he had he had Breeze. Chris he Thompson. He was the one who was pissed about the backup and Lutz <laughs> scoring all the touchdowns, which was hilarious. Right. So the Breeze, BYU quarterback coming through. Breeze, Chris Thompson, and a kicker, and he needed them to score sixty points. Mm. But I have to know, I thought that was totally doable. Um, he came Breeze up, was on He came fire. up a little short. Yeah. So I, I lucked out. Based off the first half, I lucked out. Also, I don't know if you guys were watching that game, but they handed Breeze the um, laminated piece of paper, which had to have been created by an intern. So when he breaks the record, they stop the game to give him the record for the most passing yards. And they have this whole ceremony, and he hands the football to Wait, the— they pause the game? They pause the game. Yeah. Yeah, they pause the game. So What? <clears throat> yes. So they pause the game. He comes over, and he hands the football to the— um, Hall of Fame guy who has on white gloves. He hands Drew Brees a laminated sheet of paper that was like it. It was not even a plaque or like anything. It was, in my mind, created by some intern <laughs> twenty minutes before the game, and then he kind of passes that piece of paper back to his wife before he goes back in. He has this awesome conversation where he tells his kids, if you work hard, you can do anything. And he like kisses his three boys and his daughter and his wife. And it's like one of the coolest moments I've seen in a long time. It was awesome. <laughs> the part I couldn't get over was this tiny little laminated piece of paper that literally looked like something of a middle school project that you would make. And I thought that was hilarious. And that was what they handed <laughs> Drew Brees. You well, get the most passing yards, and you get this laminated piece of paper. I did see Breeze after the game say, um, "This is this is what Breeze says to his children every night at bedtime. Mm. God has a few great works." Yeah, it's like wow. Drew Breeze tells that to his children every single night. That is cool. And I forgot about his shoulder injury. I forgot. Was it? I mean, it was almost ten oh, years yeah, ago yeah. now, right? He was so Wrecked. down, and those first two games, he could barely throw. He was throwing nothing but screen passes. And they were saying Sean Payton saw him throw downfield in like the third or fourth game, and it was like, okay, he's going to be able to make it back. I've totally forgotten about the fact that he was almost done. He was almost done, um, and to make it all the way back like he has is pretty awesome. Is hope for all of us normal-sized people. <laughs> and the last matchup Monday night, that was a little bit of a nail-biter. We had Sean going against Seth. Sean coming into the night down around 40 points or so, give or take. He's got Michael Thomas. He's got Alvin Kamara. He's got Mark Ingram. And Seth still has Jordan Reed yet to go. Um, Sean ends up pulling it out. By less than two points. <laughs> and wow. I mean, just another one. You're going the whole time. Like, all Jordan Reed needs is one catch, Anything. 10 yards, and Not this one goes the other way. But Sean pulls it out. 
climbs up to two and three like everyone else, and Yahoo is super high on Sean's projections for the for the rest of the season. Yeah, so. and he certainly looks smart taking Kamara and Ingram. You know, playing both of those. You know, I don't like the idea of playing two running backs on the same team, but those are certainly the two that you would want to play. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to go two on the same team. Those are the two. Those are the two. Plenty of touchdowns to go around there. And then the other ones that we had were the chefs. Keep pointing the scourge. Who cares? Who cares? No one cares. <laughs> and maybe Travis. Anything else here? Oh yeah, we talked about the name change. Robert selects job on Cody. Yeah, so did Robert Robert is just gonna stick with his name, I guess it looks like. He is free to change his name. He is free to change it. Yeah, under league rules. As well as his icon, which yeah. was an homage to his matchup with Steven even more weeks ago. But you know, karma. You don't, why, mess, don't mess with karma. Why mess yeah. with success? Yeah. Don't fix what ain't broke. <laughs> and it doesn't look broke right now. No. So, props to Pastor Bob. Absolutely. Did you have some some questions? Yeah. So, a couple. I had um, put out some MVP, most valuable dad bod player, um, in I believe it was alphabetical order. So wanted to change that to non-alphabetical order. Whoa. Yeah. Go just, ahead and give us give us an update on the uh, Is this just reverse alphabetical no. order? Is there some yes. type no, of No, there is some so there is some value. So there's some reasoning behind this. I think there was a little bit of pushback. Um, but luckily Seth has received MVP votes. Um, so he is on the list. He's for, on the ballot for most valuable. Uh, so he's going to be He's going to be at the bottom of the list, but he's on the list. He has received votes. You know, there's the top 25, and then there's receiving votes. And Seth is receiving votes for uh, volume of uh, group me texts, for sure. Unparalleled. Unbelievable. Um, obviously, the trade debacle or um, amazingness, whichever way you want to spin that, was very valuable. Is no one else there's, there's shocked no, no that he there. dumps Deion Lewis this week? Yeah, it's pretty big news. No one else cares? Wait, wait, he dumped Deion Lewis? No one else yeah, cares? No, he... it was it was on Grimby for a minute, but it was kind of glossed over. Wait, Deion Lewis is on the waiver? No, he trades Deion Lewis for yeah, Phil Rivers. Yeah, he traded him for Phil think... Rivers oh. and his Flacco. Flacco and Flacco Deion from Villa, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what did, so, he, what did he get in return? He got Phil Rivers. Yeah. And the memes. I mean, the memes Smart are... Trade. Some serious time, I assume. I have no idea how to do that. It's. I uh, think I. Some s- effort put I in think there. I started the meme train yeah. talking about podcast advertising. Yep. Which note for all of our Patreon subscribers: this episode comes to you ad free because none of our advertisers <laughs> provided us live reads. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, so I posted about that, but then Seth has run away with the meme game. Yeah. Yeah, as and, he has with all, and that's put him on the list, right? That that is part of what's put him on the list for for the most valuable podcast player, um, MVPP. So next would be Caleb. Uh, the data analysis, the Caleb's corner as the most popular segment. I mean, I am currently shedding a tear that there isn't a Caleb's corner this week. Yeah, but you know, I understand. Such is life. You're not the only one. Sickness is not fun. 
So uh, next we've got Travis. Uh, I believe his job is herding cats as the commissioner of this league um, slash putting up with Trey and the amount of crud that Trey likes to give uh, Travis, which I think is hilarious on all levels. I don't think I'm throwing anyone under the bus there, but I'm it's, certainly you're trying walking, to help You're walking the, the line. Pot. Yes, walking the line. You're definitely careful, not careful. trying to bring yeah. us to a peaceful resolution. <laughs> no, I am not, but I think it's hilarious. Um, followed by Zach for editing. I think it's common knowledge, but it was reminded to me earlier that this podcast would not be happening right now if it was not for Zach. Yeah, not at this frequency. Um, so huge props. So coming in at number three would be Zach for his editing skills, um, for his inspirational devotion to uh, mock drafts. Um, number two, um, one of the amazing co-hosts, Matt. Uh, he's, he's bringing it strong week in, week out with the podcast. He has... Except one my, last, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> he has Most one weeks. less Most podcast, weeks. and therefore probably that's what's pulled him into the second position, right? And so there he is. But he also has trades. He has trades that make us laugh. He has trades that make us angry. I mean, he has a massive number of trade requests, and that is bringing a lot of value to the league. It brings something. It brings something. It does... You know, there's not a lot of dead air in there on the group me, and it's in large part thanks to that. So, uh, and then Jamie, you know, bringing it every week, consistent host, um, bringing the tough questions, getting people to throw other people under the bus, even though they're not asked to do so. I mean, pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, huge props to doing the podcast. I'm very thankful to hear that the demise of the podcast is gratefully, you know, very overreported. That is a huge relief. So those are our current MVP ratings, but we will revisit those later as the season progresses. It's those a long season. Subject to change. It's a long season. Long season. We're six weeks in. Got a long way to go. How many? We have 15 weeks. Is that right? If you're lucky. No, no. Uh, That's true, if you're lucky. Yeah. You're right, if you're lucky. And good. And, and good. Yeah. <clears throat> so can you just bring a little bit more clarity? What is the MVP? Uh, is, it, is this just league MVP? Is this podcast MVP? Is this group me MVP? Yeah, I think what, it's value. What, what is everything? It's bringing value. So it's going to incorporate everything. Okay. You know, it's going to incorporate everything. I think... I think your performance, your offers of trades, your actions inside of the actual fantasy certainly contribute to that. But obviously, your actions outside of what happens on the gridiron. So, like, what if I never probably weighted more heavily than your per actual performance? But yeah, your performance counts. Well, what if sure. I what if I never show up at a Monday night Cardinal Hall hangout? Hmm. Does that yeah? Does that ding me in this? It doesn't uh, help. It does not help. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So with that Absolutely. in mind, I'm just gonna throw out some names Most here. Most valuable, you know. Robert, Cody, Sean. Do, do they have Do they have time <clears throat> to claw back into the rankings? Absolutely. Could you right? see one of them making an MVP run? Week second six half? 
Um, yeah, I mean, Sean sent the best email we've had so far, right? So you can't count him out. Correct. You know, everybody is in this league, and I would say that the, we've established that league participation has skyrocketed, right? So I would say the baseline is the baseline for this league is probably last year's MVP, right? I mean, everybody's way more involved. Everyone's way more excited. The podcast is way more fun. The group me is way more fun. The the whole thing is way more fun. So everybody has more involvement, I would say, than last year. It's my perception, at least. Um, oh, totally true. So, yeah, I would say no one's out of the running. That's good to know. And I'm immensely honored to be named as the current current front runner yep. in that lead. And one of the things that you mentioned, yeah, two of the things that you mentioned, one was consistency. And the second one was occasionally being willing to ask the hard questions. And as you may have heard on the last podcast, I found one of the damn naysayers. <laughs> but there's one more out there. So my job is not finished. Yes. And I'm, I'm going through this list. I'm like, who might not want this league to be a keeper league? Yep. At the beginning of this episode, we have a shocking news alert. Drew might not be here next year. And it would be criminally negligent or grossly incompetent for me not to put you on the spot right now and say, Still, Drew, yep. are you the damn naysayer that kept us from a keeper league? Well, I... Thank you, by the way. Yeah, I can say just like Steven, that I am not the damn naysayer, but I am a damn naysayer. Um, I found them both. No. So no. the naysay that I refer to, I was a meh, I believe meh was an option. Was that not one of that the... That was like, an option. That was an option, right? Was it? Yeah, yes. it was kind of like, I don't know. Right. So that yeah. was my response to Keeper. And I believe my response to um, the auction as well. But I would have voted against them when it came to a vote, <clears throat> but I did not vote against okay. them. So I'm not one of Yeah, those. I, don't, I don't think that's nays yeah. naysaying. <clears throat> I was the naysayer for the name change. The one vote, which happened after we had reached a supermajority, which right. I think we've now established that everyone knows what a supermajority is. So thanks for everyone clarifying that. Yeah. Um, which my understanding was 67%, more than two-thirds, yeah, was my understanding. Congress, that's what Congress is, but I think the definition is it can be whatever you want it to be. But you're right. that's the standard for the Senate using a supermajority. So I was about to get renamed. I was having a terrible week. And I would say that's how much I do care is that I was just miffed. <laughs> And then the votes had already happened. I think it was already nine votes for yes, so I knew that it was going through. Yeah. And I was going to be the first one that was renamed. And I missed it by about two points. I scored under 100, and I think Zach beat me by 46 or 48. Wow. And I was not happy. Not, I was not in a it. dark place. Yeah. And so I voted no. So I was a naysayer, but I was not the naysayer. That's good, because I asked Travis about this. And, and now you, I you appreciate just, it. I have come right. now that I have two wins and I won't be winless throughout the whole year. I think I can appreciate the fun in it. I was in a not happy place at the time of that poll coming out. <laughs> I, I respect that. Which it's, is, I with, think, proof that I care. With, with a lot of these things, I think my main concern was, is this just one person that we're putting up fun ideas 
trying to put ad wrinkles to this league <laughs> just for amusement. And yeah. is this one person <clears throat> consistently every time? Just mm-hmm. Keeper? No. Auction? No. Right. Name change? No. It's right. like, who is this person? It's not one person. Get them on the pod. Right. We've established that. Talk right? it out. We've established it's not one person. And I think we also, so I voted meh and would have voted against him. And I think we've, it sounds like from the pod, we've come to the conclusion we kind of like sticking with where we are because of the continuity. Yeah, I, I don't the know fab why. Adds the great things to this league that we needed to kind of carry over. And my rule 100%. change adds the carryover as well, where your performance this year affects your, your draft position next year. So you have a little bit of that, but it's not huge. I love that. And we might have new people. And so it's going to be hard, you know, auction. An auction for me, it just. The fab is great because it takes more effort, but it's not the end of the world. Auction, i just not sure I could keep up with it. So I voted meh, but would have voted against it when we got here. I agree. I, I love the current yeah. league format. Yep. This is the one that I want to roll with next year. Yep. I don't understand why the person or persons that voted against these well, things what, what? didn't reveal themselves on draft night. <laughs> <laughs> why well, was no I'm, one willing I'm just, to own you, that position in public? Some people might this into a man hunt. This ain't a man hunt. We're grateful for this person. I am grateful for this person. Yeah, reveal yourselves, because <laughs> I said I would solve this mystery by the end of the season. That we is, have many weeks to go. That is We've a task that I'm carrying right now, and <coughs> journalistically have to get to the bottom of the story. And if someone just wants to... Yep. Confess well, on group me, then I don't have to ask it on every podcast. But until that point in time, I need people to look me in the eyes and tell me here we are. where where they were on, no. on these issues. Yep. Makes sense. I've got another question or another little quick segment here, but did you have some more stuff? Go for it. I'll follow up yours. So last point. I just wanted to do a quick follow up on this weekly tiers of fears. So just to, to finalize the voting here, so we we end up with four tiers of fears. And at the top, Caleb Fleming, you might have seen that um, at the top. Then in the second tier, we have a tie with uh, Stephen Luck and Sean Greer. And then coming up in the third tier is myself. And then followed by everyone, everyone else receiving no votes. So kind of interesting. What You know, I'm not totally surprised by this. You know, this perception as of week five. But I thought it was really interesting to take a peek um, at just some some current rankings for the rest of the season. And I think that Travis Piquel does not get as much love in this fear ranking as he deserves. So so currently, so I'll, I'll take these people right here. So Caleb Fleming, um, if we look at Fantasy Pros, rest of the season rankings, um, Caleb Fleming actually has two players in the top 30. Now, that doesn't sound like very many, but two of them are in the top 10, and one of them is number two, Melvin Gordon. And then Sean Greer has four players in the top 30 with two in the top five. I don't want to play Sean. (laughs) So, you know... Makes sense, you know. You know his votes make sense. Um, jumping to Stephen Luck, let's see here. He's got um, 
He's got the number one overall player, obviously, Todd Gurley. And he's got a couple more sneaking in, round out in the top 30 with, uh, with Kelsey and Mike Evans and Juju Smith-Schuster all in the 20s. So, yeah, totally deserves um, those votes he's getting. Um, my team, uh, well, not that many guys in the top 30. Uh, Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams, and that's it. Um, however, taking a peek at old Travis Piquel, I think he deserves some votes for sure. Who are the chefs has the most players on top 30 of anybody with five. Who's, um, who's his number one ranked player? Joe Mixon. Oh, Joe Mixon. Interesting. This, this guy that he traded for. But Leonard Fournette's ranked as the number 30 player. He's scored 11 points. I would know that. Yeah, has he been on the field this year? That's, so that's, that's misleading, I think. These rankings are still... That goes back to our perceived value conversation. This is not... I mean, these rankings are taking into account all these factors that we're talking about. Sure, yep. And they're, but they're still not going off raw points yet, right? Because Leonard Fournette has not oh, scored it has points. only to do with future points. Yeah, okay. There you go. Gotcha. Starting when? Because you just saw that article that says yeah. Fournette might not nine, be back until week, week nine, ten. Week ten, yeah. After oh, I the guess bye we'll week. find out. I guess yep. we'll find out. <clears throat> I think that I think that Travis's team absolutely deserves to be feared. I think that his week where you know his bench basically outscored his starters is that big question mark. You know, can can the right player score at the right time? He's got all the pieces there. But, you know, if the wrong guys have the wrong week, all of a sudden, you know, he yeah. has an off week. So, whereas some of these other teams, it doesn't seem like they're as likely to have an off week. So, I think he has the most top 30, but at the same time, you got to look at who's, who's consistent with scoring if he's, you know, switching people around. Yeah, I think that's maybe why he does not quite as feared... I'm in love with Alvin. I'm in love with Alvin Kamara from last year, saving me from stand-up comedy. Um, so you know, for me, I don't want to play Sean. I think you know, he with that Ingram and Kamara together. You know, I think that's a dangerous duo. And Sonny Michelle coming on. Yeah, I think he's got a scary team that I don't. I don't look forward to playing against. And you know, I think he's basically two and three because he has the most points scored against him. And as the person who has the second most points scored against him, that's not fun. I think Travis's team for me comes down to Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And with the injury this year, there have been a couple weeks where Aaron Rodgers has looked very human. Mm. And if Aaron Rodgers is performing at the level that we've all seen him perform at for the past 10 years, his team isn't incredibly scary if Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and score him 18 points it's a lot less scary good points true well and Caleb's data kind of bears that out right you're averaging 105 to 120 those 15 points difference for Aaron Rodgers is the difference between scoring 115 and 100 115 wins you most games 100 loses you most games so that's right on the knife's edge for, <coughs> for him. And that's what we talk about with obsessing over fantasy football or 
you know, just kind of taking a look at the lineup and rolling with with the guys that, that you think can give you a team. It's There's not a lot of margin for error in a lot of these weeks. And seven teams at two and three kind of bears that out. Yep. And, you know, a healthy Aaron Rodgers could shoot Travis to the top of the league. Struggling over the next couple of weeks could, you know, have him fighting for one of those final playoff spots or potentially duking it out for stand-up comedy. Yeah. All right, well, so my wife got a call out from last week. As you mentioned, she considers Stephen Luck the winner of this league every year for his ability to enjoy the league without obsessing. Um, So that brings us to my um, segment, which I'm going to call the Spouses Special. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, this is her comments on fantasy football and general comments. We talk about it. I think it's been funny and fun. Uh, I think multiple times she's walked into the room and I just have a big smile on my face and she knows that I'm reading <laughs> some ridiculous <laughs> comment from group me. <clears throat> and so I tell her the ones that I think are funny and or appropriate. Um, and... So her comments were, I kind of tried to sell it as like, you know, look, this is camaraderie, right? Like one of the things she mentioned to me that was when we were first dating, she was like, you had valuable relationships with friends. I'm like, okay, well, this is camaraderie. This is a group of guys building relationships. It's been way more fun this year than it has even in the past, which was also fun. So I was like, it isn't that value. And she said, uh, yes, there is value in the camaraderie. And it's ridiculous how much you obsess about football. So that's the that's the Katie hot take for fantasy football. If anyone, if future guests want to bring spouses' opinions into the equation, uh, I would encourage that. But that's the um, spouses special from the Thatch household. I feel a little uncomfortable. I'm almost glad that we do not have <laughs> spousal input. Into, I take the positive. You're building community, and that is potentially a bonus, right? I would see this as a plus. Do you see? Do you see the podcast as a plus? Oh, totally. For for relationships, you know. Totally. I mean, I don't want to like overstep, but I think that. Pod number one with Travis introducing the league, coming back on. That was like a that was a game changer. It was a it was a totally random thing. Jamie and I were just like, we gotta do this. Trav come on the show. We just spit out this 30-minute episode. And I have no idea how the other thing started, but it just it was a snowball. And that was the yep. first little bit of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's been awesome, but I do think it'd be really funny to hear what all these different spouses have to say, and it makes me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, fifty-fifty yeah. from from the Thatch household. So, on a previous episode, Trey said Chrissy is a co-owner yeah. of his team. Yeah, does Katie feel co-ownership? No interest in co-ownership. Yeah. Could she take over for two years? Yes. Great question. While you're in school. The answer is no uh, to that question. It's a great question. 
Uh, she thinks fantasy, she thinks the actual act of fantasy is silly. It's fake people in a game. She has no real concept for that. But she appreciates the group me. She appreciates the podcast. She appreciates the camaraderie. So that's what her comment was, you know, that it's you're building this fun community and you're playing a stupid game that I don't understand. Right. Yeah. So that's where she is. So, no, she will not be running a team. Although that being said, she is, again, the one who mentioned her coworker who had the family team. And I think she would actually be open to that. Um, but she's not going to seriously. That would still be me managing her team for her <laughs> in the family league. Um but yeah, we'd love to get other people's ideas on Family League and whether or not they'll be instituting that in, for other dad bod aficionados. That's fair. I want to hit you with a hypothetical here yeah. based off of that last question. Mm -hmm. So you decide to take a step back for two years. Potentially. It's it's up in the air, but I want to get it out there yep. as this, you know, you know I'm thinking about it. Zach right. thinks about it every year. He makes that decision. And so... Like I said, mad props to Zach, and uh, that's where I am. Just want to give an update. But yeah. So I haven't made a decision yet. So in this hypothetical, you take a step back. Katie, Shepard, and Gus step in <laughs> as a three-headed yes. owner for you for two years. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't pay attention to the league. Right. They come in last next year. Mm. Who does the stand-up? Who does the stand-up? Right. Would, you, would you come back... And do stand up, or are you making? I mean, Gus is probably the best option in our family for stand up. Uh, he would probably stand up there and tell you stories for much longer than five minutes. So, as long as they let him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until he gets literally like a cane pulling him off of the stage. Um, so yeah, yeah. If I could, if I could diffuse the punishment across, you know. The entire family. I mean, that's, that's Shoot, obviously that's a motivating a, factor. That's a you know a divide. And a I know. Yeah, yeah that's not a lot <laughs> it's of like time. Like one joke. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's an interesting option. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, talking about kind of the community building aspect of it, I think you're one of the people, along with Seth and Stephen, I've played soccer with the past season, so I've gotten to know him a little bit better. But I think the first two seasons I was in the league, I I don't think I had a conversation yeah. with you, no. you or Seth we, at all. We were there at the draft, at the draft. together, and I believe mm. I saw you in Panera at one point. What? And we recognized that we were in, we acknowledged one yeah. another, which it's would like, not have happened if we were not in a fantasy football league. True. So we have to give ourselves props for saying hello to one another. But yeah, that's a pretty low bar. Um, yeah, yeah. Wait, so did you know when you joined, you knew Travis? <clears throat> yes. Seth yep. and Steven? Yes, and Eric Kelly was in That's the first right. year of the league. That's right. Yeah. And did we know each other at the time? Um, Maybe not yet. I was about to say, I kind of think so, but... Yeah, we've been right around the time you and I knew each other but yeah but i feel like because I, I mean i know you more through will i think that i i think that I think. eric was probably the 12th person and i feel confident that no, i was the I had 11th ad there but i've loved it and it's been a lot of fun and yeah absolutely i think there's camaraderie and relationships that weren't there before which is cool so yeah i will i will have to evaluate like i said it's going to depend on school this spring semester if it's 
as to whether or not it's possible. We start. I start January 3rd. Yeah. So that'll be the determining factor. Did you have more? No, not really. Other than to ask you, we talked about it earlier, if, if you guys were the odd couple, uh, we've established <laughs> Walter Mathau and Jack Lemon were the odd couple that I'm familiar with. Walter Mathau is the slob sports writer, and Jack Lemon is the neurotic neat freak. Um, so you guys were what to... is uncomfortable is that it is extremely easy. Yeah, this it's not difficult at all. Like, Jamie can very quickly claim the slob sports mm. writer. Like that's and so that's eighty percent Jamie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, neurotic neat freak. Great. Yeah, that's me. Sixty percent. Something like I don't know. Yeah. Ninety percent. I don't know. <laughs> very very neurotic. Uh, Incredibly neurotic. <laughs> so. got us yeah well i i think if we're wrapping up here i do feel like i've thrown matt under the bus twice so two you can times. count that for two. two times but i think you I feel like i have very diplomatic yeah, with, yeah, with everyone else and that was actually the other thing that my wife said she said what's said on a pod stays on a pod forever it's true basically reminding me don't be it is on 12 platforms yeah i, I don't, don't know be an to, a-hole i don't know how to scrub this from it's, the internet you know exactly it's and it's it's somewhat disturbing to me because I don't consider myself an a-hole, and yet that is consistently the advice that I get from her is don't be an don't, a-hole. Don't be so, one. But it's good advice, I would say. That's really good advice. So I feel yeah. like I props to her in helping me hopefully not be an a-hole. Well, props to Zach for also editing out any bad words that we use in this <laughs> That's <spot>. true. <laughs> I've never heard uh, a bad word on a pod. There have been several times... That we've said, Zach, you can edit this out if you want. And it's in, <laughs> it's in every in episode. That's in it's the in every single yeah. episode. If I was Zach, I would edit and I would definitely keep those parts in. Yeah. Zach, edit this out. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's in there. It's like, oh. Matt facts. <laughs> Matt yeah, tried Matt to get facts, that. And then four. it was like, run it back. Try again. <laughs> and then that's one more time. One more yeah. time. <laughs> no, no, no. One more time. <laughs> Jeez. All in the pod. Too good. Thank you, Zach. Well, been so good to have you drew thanks for having me yeah thanks Super for coming fun. on this is great this has been matt james and drew episode seven for at least one more week the podcast lives yes thanks for listening go fall on a whale